Two Saturday nights ago, my uh, children uh, from Houston, Catherine and her husband Keith, were in um, because they were going to be leaving on an early flight to go on a little trip to New York uh, early Sunday morning. And, of course, they didn't want to um, pay for parking, and it was cheaper to move to, to fly out of Dallas than it was Houston. And so, basically, they came up so that Daddy would take them to the airport Saturday morning early, and they wouldn't have to have to pay for all that. Well, that meant Saturday night they were in town, uh, and uh, uh, Catherine and Keith and my mom and I all went out to dinner. So we went out to dinner. We ate at a pizza place. We went to my new home. We had some ice cream. We, you know, enjoyed the evening. And then I took her by her home, and I dropped her off. Well, then about 3 o'clock in the morning, she started having some discomfort. And because uh, Catherine and Keith were in town, she didn't want to bother me, so she called my brother, and my brother took her to the emergency room, and she ended up uh, in the hospital. Uh, I didn't say anything about that two Sundays ago because I didn't want the, you know, you always want to try to keep the focus off of anything but worship and, and what you're praying, uh, preaching about. But uh, this will all, you know, fit in here in a minute. So, uh, so she was in the hospital and uh, she progressively got worse. And uh, last um, Saturday, she, uh, Friday and Saturday, she had good days. And then, and then Sunday, uh, before I came over here last Sunday... I went by the hospital and I visited with her a while and, and, and uh, she, uh, she had this big oxygen mask on so she couldn't talk very much. But I said, Mom, i got to go to church now. I'll see you when I get back. And she said, okay. And so I left. And uh, while I was here, my brother texted me and he said, hey, we're going to have dinner over at the house. Why don't you come over and have a hamburger with us? And I said, of course, sure, I'd love to. Uh, it's about 40 minutes It'll be about 40 minutes before I get to your place. So that was Sunday uh, right after church. I told him I would be at his house in about 40 minutes. Well, about 20 minutes into my drive back to Rockwall, he called me and he said, don't come to my house, go to the hospital. Uh, Mom's taking a turn for the worse. And so we went to the hospital and we met there. And uh, over the course of of several hours, uh, you know, my mother passed away at five, uh, about 5.15 last Sunday afternoon. Um, All of a sudden, I have a new normal, okay? All of a sudden, what was normal in my life is is not normal anymore. Everything's different. When I lost my dad two years ago, that was a big change. That was a big change. Uh, But this is an even bigger change because I'm the oldest one left, you know, uh, there's there's nobody older than me now. And, uh, you know, my daughter has a real dry sense of humor and, and she's a sweet girl. And please don't take this the wrong way. You'd have to know her. But she looked at me trying to break the tension a little bit, you know, and she said, you know, Dad, you know what this means? It means you're next. You know, <laughs> I said, thank you, honey. You're so encouraging, you know, <laughs> love you so much. But, uh, you know, I have a new normal now. Um, I went to the cleaners this week and uh, I was picking up my clothes and I said, oh, by the way, do you have any clothes for Joanne Loftus? Oh, yes, we do. Okay, I'll take them. Last time I ever do that. You know, when I was, I called Melissa, my fiance, on the way over here today and, you know, I have one of these fancy new cars where you got the 
the, the telephone numbers programmed into your, phone, uh, your car and all you got to do is push a button and, you know, and there's Melissa's number. But right under it is mom's cell number, you know, won't call that again. And I say all that to say that two weeks ago, Saturday night, when we went out to dinner and ate pizza and had ice cream and dropped her off at the house, we had no idea that two weeks later we'd be right here where we are and that normal will have shifted so much. And my point today is that you don't know what tomorrow brings. You don't know when your normal is going to shift. And you know what? It's not going to shift temporarily. It's, it's going to shift forever. And it's never, ever, ever going to go back the way it was. You know. Hey, I admit it, man. I was a mama's boy. And I call my mom all the time. All the time. How you doing? You know, I, I kidded at the funeral that uh, I, I, I did mom's eulogy. And, and I, I was kidding that, that she loved all of her grandkids. But man, I don't think there was anything that she loved more in the whole world than taking her granddaughters uh, shopping to buy a new dress or a new pair of shoes. And, 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 I, and I mentioned that, you know, if you have Nordstrom stock, you might want to think about getting rid of that now because uh, those shopping trips are over, you know. But how many times did I call her coming back from work and say, hey, what do you want for dinner? Because she didn't cook anymore, and if you look at me, you know. <laughs> no. So, so she'd tell me, and I'd go buy Luby's, and I'd get something to go. Take it home, you know. And um, I say all that to say life brings changes. Amen? Amen? Some of them are wonderful. Some of them are wonderful. You know, as we were going through the pictures for mom's, uh, you know, little video montage thing, there were pictures of her holding, you know, my, my children, her grandchildren, uh, you know, lovingly. And, and, and some, some changes... And, and yes, they're permanent, and, and you'll never, ever be the same. But aren't you glad? Because they're such wonderful changes. You know, when, when, when a child is born into your family, or, 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 hey, we had young people here that just graduated this year. I asked one, I said, do you feel the same? Well, I feel a little different. Well, you should. You're a graduate now, you know. Changes sometimes are wonderful. They're wonderful. And sometimes they're not, you know. But you still have to deal with them. You still have to live with them. And so, you know, I, I say this because one of the funny things about grief, and, and I know all about grief. You know, I have a Ph.D. in grief, okay? Not, not that I've lived it, but I've studied it, you know? And one of the funny things about grief is when you're going through it, you feel like nobody else has ever felt this way before. Nobody else understands how I feel. Nobody else knows what I'm going through. But, but, the, but the reality is that, that very few things in this life are more universal to mankind than grief. We all go through it. We all lose something or someone that we treasure and cherish, and it hurts. And so even though we, we may feel like it's unique to us, it's not unique to us at all. It's part and parcel of being a human being. 
And we all go through that. I used to tell the young people, the young couples in my church, I used to say, we need to, you need to learn from our older couples. You need to learn from, because, because all of the things that, that you want to go through, all the things that you want to experience in the life, the, the dreams that you have, most of our senior adults can say, they can check the box. They say, been there, done that. And you can learn from them. But you can also learn from them when times get tough because they've gone through some tough times. And they can teach you how to cope and how to, how to, how to hold on to your faith. You know. You see, what we're talking about here today is real life. I mean, sometimes, sometimes people, you know, come to church and they say, man, you, you talked about all these, you know, you gave these nice little illustrations and you, you talked about it. But, but how does that affect my life? Let me tell you, this is... This affects all of our lives. Hopefully everything we, we preach about affects your life, but sometimes people don't realize it. And so what do we do when normal has changed? And, and not, the, not in a way that we would have chosen. In a way that we would not have chosen. You see, we need to understand as Christians that that Christians lose their jobs. Christians have cancer. Christians go through every difficulty that every other human group goes through. The difference is that we have the living God living inside of our hearts. We have the Holy Spirit to strengthen us and encourage us. The Bible says, no, it's not that we don't grieve. Yes, we grieve. But we don't grieve as those without hope. We grieve as those with hope in the living God. When I was a chaplain many years ago, the head of our department, a guy by the name of Dr. Joe Gross, I think I mentioned him before, one of the smartest men I've ever known. He wrote an article for the Baptist Standard. You know that thing still comes out? Most of you don't get it, but it still comes out. And he wrote this article, and you know what the title of it was? Whatever Happened to Heaven? Whatever Happened to Heaven? He said, because you see, most of us Christians, they live our lives like there is no heaven. We, 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 we live our lives like, like, like this life is the end-all, be-all, but, but life, back when things were, life was tougher and, 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 and harsher, then, then Christians actually looked forward to that day when, when God would call them home and they would, they would experience heaven. And he said, whatever, whatever happened to heaven, we don't celebrate that when this life is over, God has prepared a place just for us. And, and the reason why it had so much power to me was that, that I knew that Joe had lost his first wife to bone cancer and he'd lived it. He had lived it. And so, what do we do when normal changes? What do we do when the new normal is not what we would have chosen? My scripture today is pretty simple. It's found in Matthew, the 11th chapter, starting with verse 27. Jesus is saying, All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. 
Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I want you to think about this and and I'm getting married in a couple of months. And we sent out invitations. Even though it's family only, you know, and even though I said, you know, a telephone call will do. You know, <laughs> you know guys, we're just not as, you know, into that stuff as girls are. But Melissa said, no, we're going to send out invitations. And we're going to do this. And we're going to, yes, ma'am. Okay. And so we sent out invitations. And I'm waiting for those RSVPs to come back. And so today I want us to look at this scripture in the way of of an invitation to you. It's an invitation that the eternal God sends to you. First of all, I I want you to read carefully your invitation, okay? Read carefully your invitation. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That word come means to come on, come on. It's it's both an invitation and an encouragement. How many times when you when you dealt parents, how many times when your children were young and they were maybe a little scared to do something, but but you wanted them to do it, you you invited them to come, but you also encouraged them. Oh, come on, you can do it. Come on. You can do it. I'll be right here with you. I'll help you. Come on. You can do it. It, it. See, Jesus is inviting you, but He's also encouraging you. He wants you so much to come to Him. Come to me. It's an invitation and it's an encouragement. But notice something else. Who? He, who can come? All. All who are weary and burdened. If I've learned one thing in this life, I've learned that, that all of life is not the same. Amen? I mean, sometimes, man, we're on the peak and, and, and life is great and, and nothing's going, everything's wonderful. Everything's perfect. Everything's going your way. And then other times it seems like nothing is right. Sometimes we're bulletproof. And man, it doesn't make any difference what happens or what somebody says. Man, we, we're, we're good. We're strong. We're happy. We're moving forward. And sometimes we're just not. And, And maybe the smallest thing can trip us up. Maybe the smallest thing hurts our soul. Sometimes we go through mountaintop experiences. Sometimes we walk through the valley. Life changes. And and if you're not weak right now, someday you will be. (laughs) If you're not heavy burdened right now, someday you will be. And Jesus says, come on, I'm encouraging you to come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. And then he tells you what happens when you come. Come to me and I'm, I'm going to tell you what happened when you, when you come. And, and isn't it great that, that he doesn't say what happens is I'm going to tell you buck up and have more faith. And you wouldn't feel this way. No, Jesus doesn't tell us that. <laughs> 
He doesn't say, if you just pray more and you, and, you, know, and you have better faith and, 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 and you come to church you know, more and you do all these things, then, then things will be better. No, he doesn't put any restrictions on us. He just says, come to me, all of you that are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Now, some of you younger people may not understand this, but you older folks will. When my son was born years ago, I remember he would go like a tornado everywhere. I mean, he was just a whirling dervish. And then all of a sudden, the house would get quiet. And we were worried. What's going on? Most of the time, what had happened was we would find him laying someplace in the hall fashed out, dead asleep. Just collapsed where he was. You know, right in the middle of the hallway, just out. Right on the carpet, carpet things on his face, you know. And I used to remember sitting there, even back years ago, I would think, wow, when was the last time I slept that sound? When was the last time I got that kind of rest? And that's the kind of rest Jesus is talking about here. Come to me, all of you that are, that are weary and burdened, and I will give you real rest. Peaceful rest. Rest that, that restores your soul. Rest that, 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 that gives new life. Another way of translating that, guys, and this is, this is not, you know, sometimes you hear preachers say things and you go, oh, does it really mean that? Yes, it really does. I will give you rest. Another way you can translate it is I will heal you. Come to me and I will heal you. I will heal you of your pains. I will heal you of your burdens. I will take that, that, that open, gaping wound and I will heal it. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will heal you. But you see, how does this happen? How does this happen? Why doesn't this happen for all of us? Why doesn't this happen every time I'm weak and burdened? Well, you see, I do have to make a choice. I do have to choose Jesus. I have to choose to come to Him. I have to choose to put my faith in Him. Listen to what else He says. For my yoke, my yoke shows that, that we are to choose Him alone. My yoke. Not some other yoke, but Jesus. Jesus. You see, he was, he was speaking to uh, Matthew. Well, Matthew was written mostly to the Jewish, Jewish people in the, you know, in the world at that time. Written from a Jewish perspective. You know, the Jews had over 600 laws that came from the Ten Commandments. If you were trying to be a good Jew, you were, you were, <laughs> you were burdened down with a bunch of rules. And what Jesus is saying here is, look, man, just come to me. Come to me. Don't put your faith in the rules. Put your faith in me. 
Don't put your faith in the system. Put your faith in me. Come to me. My yoke shows that we must choose him alone. What do people choose? People choose all kinds of things. When we're burdened, when we're weary. When I was a chaplain, and I don't know near as much about some of this as some of you guys do, because, because you've worked in the areas and different things. But, but you know, when, when you're talking about addiction, addiction is, is a way of trying to solve a problem. It's, a, it's an unhealthy way of trying to meet a need. And Jesus says, look, when you've got that need, don't go to these other things. Come to me. Come to me. And then he says, literally, learn from me. Learn from me. You know, another way of saying that is enroll in my school. (laughs) Come enroll in my school. Come let me teach you. Put yourself under my authority. Allow me to teach you. Allow me to speak to you. Open your hearts and listen. You know, one of the biggest problems I've, I've read on our college campuses today is that people come to college... And they're not there to learn. They're there not to be offended. And so if a professor challenges their ideas, they're in trouble. You know, if a professor challenges what they they think, then then, then they've done the wrong thing. Because we don't want to be taught. We just want what we believe being reinforced. You know. I know that was true in seminary when I was there. Oh my goodness. Have you, have you ever in your life, let, can I tell you, if, if, can I tell you what the absolute worst thing that you can ever get into is an argument with other preacher, with preachers? Did you know that's almost the worst thing you can ever do? Because let, let me tell you something, most preachers are never wrong. They are never wrong. And even if they are, they're not going to admit it. You know. And so you'd have these guys coming to seminary, and they knew the Bible, my friend. I mean, they knew it, and they because 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 brother so and so taught them, and and there you know there's Jesus, and then there was their pastor. He's right underneath them, you know. And if that professor at the seminary said anything that challenged anything that they had ever been taught growing up, man, oh my goodness, there was trouble to pay. And guys, I say all that to say we live in that kind of world. We live in a world where most of us are really not open to learning. We're not really open to listening. And that affects a lot of our lives. But, but let me tell you, the most tragic place it affects, it affects us when we come to Jesus and Jesus says, learn from me, enroll in my school. And we say, sure, sure, Jesus. And then he tries to teach us something. Say, yeah, well, I don't know if I really, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to agree with that. I don't know if I really want to go there. You know, I, I truly believe some Christians would say, you know, Jesus, you're being a little dogmatic there. You're being a little legalistic. Well, if anybody in the world has the right to be legalistic, it's Jesus. Amen? Amen. But, 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 but we're wired in a way that, that we rebel against, you know, truly being open. To teaching, we ought to be open to Jesus. He says, 
Come to me, learn from me, enroll in my school. Why? Why do we do that? Well, because he's gentle. Because he's gentle. Now, now a couple of weeks ago, uh, most of you probably won't remember this, but, but probably a couple of months ago now, but we talked about the, the biblical definition of gentleness. And, and gentle does not mean weak. Gentle means power with restraint. It means appropriate behavior. Gentleness is appropriate behavior. It's, it's, it's the right amount of strength when you need strength. It's the right amount of compassion when you need compassion. It, it's, gentleness is the exact appropriate response to a situation. It's not the lack of power. It's restraining that power appropriately for that situation. And so he says, come to me because I'm gentle. You see, what he's saying is that that I will do what is right for you in every situation. If you need my strength, man, you got my strength. If you need my compassion, you got my compassion. If you need my peace, you've got my peace. I'm going to give you what you need. In just the right measure. Why do we come to him? Because he's gentle. Why do we come to him? Because he's humble. You see, Jesus is not in it for himself. The Son of God is not in it for himself. He's in it to glorify his Father. You look back on your life. Even some of the really cool things you've done in your life. I mean, even some of the things that, man, people say, you know, I've praised you for and all that other stuff. Down in your heart of hearts, have maybe you sometimes done it for yourself? Hey, look at me. Look what I've done. If you've never done that in your whole life, then, well, if you say you've never done that, then you're lying. So that's okay. You know, We've all done that one time or another in our lives. He says, why come to me? Because I'm gentle. Why come to him? Because he's humble. Why come to him? Because you will find rest for your souls. That whole idea of soul. The whole idea of soul back in that day. It, it, it involved your mind. It involved your body. It involved your spirit. And it, it was it encompassed all three. And so he's saying, you will find rest for your total being. Remember what we talked about earlier? A real rest, a rest that refreshes, a rest that gives new life. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So so that's the invitation to you. Read your invitation. Jesus says, come to me. All of you that are weak, weary, burdened, heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in spirit. You will find rest for your souls. So that's your invitation. That's your invitation. It's not an invitation to work harder. It's not an invitation to, 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 to do better. It's, not, it, it's an invitation to come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Now, how do we answer him? 
we got to re- recognize a few things before we answer this invitation. Number one, God has a yoke just for you. Did you know that? He says a yoke just for you. It's got your name on it. It's not my yoke. It's not the person sitting next to your yoke. It's not your spouse's yoke. It's not your child's yoke. It's not your parent's yoke. It's your yoke. He has one just for you. Your name on it. Just for you. And we need to understand that God's yoke is best for us. His yoke is best for us. It fits us perfectly. Have you noticed this new phenomenon now? You can, uh, you know, you sign up for, and they'll send you uh, everything in a box for a full meal, and all you got to do is just take it out of the box and, and cook it, you know, blue apron, stuff like that, you know. Okay. I saw, I saw a new one the other day, or at least it's new to me. I don't, I don't watch, you know, a whole lot of television, but I, I saw this, and it's basically you send in to this company, and I can't remember the company's name, but you send into this company your exact measurements, your exact measurements. And they send you once a month, they send you a box with, with clothes in it. They pick the clothes. I thought, man, that's weird. I'm not off, right, huh? You know? But then they have these testimonials, right? And, and, and one of the women that was, that was giving her testimony, she said, it makes such a difference when I feel really good about what I'm wearing that day. How many of you can say, that's true, that's true. I feel good when I, you know, it makes me feel good when I feel like what I'm wearing fits me just right and it makes me look good and it makes, you know, you know, yeah, that's true. Makes a difference. And then I thought to myself, Jesus has the perfect yoke for you. And what a difference it will make in your life if you're willing to take his yoke upon you. If you're willing, another way of saying that is if you're willing to submit yourself to his lordship and authority. Yes, Lord, you want me to put on this yoke? I'm going to put it on. Wow, it fits perfectly. It feels right. Well, of course it does, Dal. It was, it was made just for you. It was made just for you. And, and, and if you will rear, wear it, you will find rest for your soul. It fits perfectly. God prepared it just for you. But here again, you must choose to put it on. You must choose to put it on. And you wear his yoke by surrendering to his lordship and authority. Yes, Lord. I believe that you love me. Yes, I believe you know better than I do. Yes, I believe that if you were willing to die on that cross for me, then you certainly 
know what's best for me and you want the very best for my life. And if you're asking me to, to put this yoke that you've prepared just for me, that fits me just perfectly, if you're asking me to put that on, then yes, Lord, I want to do that. I want to do that every day. I want to get up in the morning. The first thing I want to do is put on that yoke that you've prepared just for me. Because you tell me that, it, that, that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. How many times have you ever put on something? I don't know. You know, I used to play sports. And, and you, you put on a new piece of equipment. You think it's going to be heavy. You think it's going to wear you down. You think it's going to make you slower. You think it's going to mess up your mobility. And you put it on. You say, wow, this isn't heavy at all. This doesn't restrict my movement at all. Man, I can move in this thing. A nice surprise. Christian, put on Jesus' yoke and you will be surprised at how well it fits and how light it is and how it will bring rest for your soul. My normal has changed in the last week. It's never going to go back to the way it was. I will never see my mama again this side of glory. And you know, when I get up in heaven, you know, we're not going to be married up there. We're, I think we're going to know each other, but, we're, you know, we're not going to be married. We're not, who knows what our relationships are going to be like? All I know is it's going to be wonderful. But, 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 but my normal has changed, and it will never, ever, ever be the same. And it's not something I would have chosen. Life's full of those things. Amen? Full of those things. And so what do we do when we're weak and we're heavy laden? We submit ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And we put His yoke upon us because it, it fits perfectly. And it will bring rest to our soul.